Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast for researchers who want to be more productive and achieve real-world impacts from their research. So this is part two of a podcast on transformative and disruptive impact. Part one, uh, I was focusing on what you can do to ask questions of yourself, to turn your research into impacts that can generate change at those kind of transformative, disruptive levels. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, I think, uh, a step beyond what most of us think of. Uh, and there are some quite uh, quite challenging questions, I think, that we can ask ourselves to take us to that, that new level. Um, it, it's occurred to me, though, that, that actually as a framework for, for thinking uh, about impact, this is something that is actually quite deeply personal uh, as well. Uh, so this uh, this is about the concept of resilience uh, and uh, basically using the concept of resilience to think about impact more deeply, but also to think then about our own personal resilience as researchers. Uh, and I'm going to think about this in, in two ways. Uh, so um, two commons, uh, common problems that, that I personally have experienced as a researcher that I think are, are fairly common um, to the experience of others uh, is the, the challenge of your latest grant rejection, paper rejection, um, uh, book review, whatever it is um, that that is just slating you. Uh, and wouldn't it be nice if we could just be a little bit more resilient um, to the the day-to-day the, the -day, uh, challenge of um, of failure and rejection uh, that is, is part of our lives? Uh, uh, and uh, also, um, of course, not unique to academics, but I think something that uh, that we we see um, in unique ways is uh, is workplace bullying. Uh, we live in a culture uh, as academics where you have to be able to. Um, engage in robust debate. Uh, there's some fairly robust cut and thrust uh, argument that, that happens as, as part of the, the academic process. Um, uh, and there's a fine line uh, that uh, 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 over which we, 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 we traverse when actually the person who's uh, being criticised suddenly feels belittled, uh, intimidated, uh, afraid, um, uh, and it has a really negative impact. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of behaviour like this that goes on in the academy that uh, that is just deemed normal and acceptable because that's what you do as academics. Um, uh, and what we need to ask ourselves is, well, actually, what is the cost of that? Uh, and uh, and if there is a cost, if actually the the receiver, the hearer, the the person on the on the end of of those barbed comments, uh, actually is being really negatively affected, what well, what can we do to 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 reduce that and to actually, uh, yes, have robust argument uh, and discussion and debate, but do that in ways that that are perhaps kinder, um, uh, especially to uh, less experienced colleagues um, who are just kind of learning the ropes. So uh, I'm going to give you uh, these four R's that I talked about um, in the last episode. Um, robustness, recovery, <coughs> uh, reorganization uh, and reorientation. Uh, and I'm going to give you four questions that you can ask to try and become more resilient on a personal level to the kind of challenges, changes, uh, experiences that can, in some cases, knock us for six. So... 
the, the first of these is the idea of robustness. Uh, and my question is, how can I become more robust so that I can either resist change, uh, change happens, um, but it doesn't really affect me. I can continue with uh, what I'm doing um, as, as I'm doing. Uh, I can resist uh, criticism um, and it just bounces straight off me. Um, uh, and maintain what is most important to me, um, despite the fact that I've got this criticism, I've got this change, I've got these challenges that, that are coming to me. Can I become stronger, basically, uh, so it doesn't affect me? Uh, and, uh, and for me, this is basically um, how thick uh, is my skin? And if it's not thick, how, uh, how thick and how fast can I grow that thick skin? Uh, and so if this is about um, uh, grant rejection, grant failure, uh, then this this is, for me, about growing a thick skin to my latest grant failure. And actually, how do you grow a thick skin? It's through experience. Um, and I think that, uh, that I am now a lot more uh, resilient uh, to this just in terms of, you know what? It's just the luck of the draw. You you win you win some, you lose some. Uh, we were bad. Uh, we had bad luck with our reviewers. Whatever it was, um, it becomes a lot easier for me um, with experience to just say, "Well, okay, I've been here before. It, uh, I, I I was okay. Um, I'll be okay again." Um, uh, and um, uh, and. Uh, at the same time, of course, that thick skin means that I'm able to look quite objectively at, well, okay, that's what went wrong. Um, I don't feel that at such a deep level, so it's a lot easier to not get so clouded by my emotions and say, yeah, I messed up, and that's the reason why, and that's what I'm going to do differently. Uh, and of course, I, I keep going because it doesn't really affect me. Um, remember, I've grown a thick skin, so <laughs> uh, easy done. Uh, now, the problem is that might be easy for me, um, and to be honest, it's not always that easy. But uh, that's that's easy for those of us who've been in this game for a while. Um, we've had a few of these experiences. We've grown a thick skin. Uh, but uh, the problem is that for, for many of us, uh, either we never grew that thick skin, um, or, you know what, this time it really hurts. Uh, or we're just too 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 early in this, this game to have had that experience. And I think especially for early career researchers, um, uh, this this can be really hard. Um, so so yeah, in theory, I, I I grow strong, I grow a thick skin, but easy said, I, I'm going to say. <laughs> so we are going to move to uh, to a, a second level of resilience. If you're thinking, yeah, sounds great in theory, Mark, but not that's not me, and that's not going to be me in the near future. Uh, the the second uh, example I'm going to use here is is on workplace bullying and and how can I become stronger, more robust um, to workplace bullying. And of course, again, it's about that thick skin. Uh, and what you'll find often is actually these people who are doing the bullying very often actually don't even realize that they are bullying. It's just that they've got a really thick skin. They've been in this game for long enough. They've had enough criticism uh, that actually they've grown a very thick skin. Um, and they therefore expect that everyone else will have just as thick a skin as them. And they dish out uh, what they are perfectly happy to get in return. They just don't realize that when they're dishing it out, uh, they're dishing it out to people who potentially do not have the same experience as them and the thickness of skins that uh, that they have. Um, of course, if you can, over time, grow that thick skin, and this is, again, fairly theoretical for most of us, uh, then uh, we're able to ignore the comments that, uh, that might otherwise uh, belittle us. 
uh, or that may in fact be designed to belittle us uh, or intimidate us or manipulate us. Uh, and as a result, uh, they bounce off us. Uh, and uh, I'm strong enough so that when someone does do something that offends me, that, that makes me feel bad in those kinds of ways, I stand up to them instantly and I don't have any fear uh, that they're going to get away with this or, or manipulate me. Uh, and I wouldn't it be great if we were all that strong uh, and instantly responded to situations like that exactly how we want to. Um, uh, in my experience, very often that's uh, in retrospect. I'm thinking back and thinking, if only I'd done that. Uh, and so if that is you, then then yeah, this is a problem. And robustness as a, as a, resilient, as a resilience strategy is, uh, is problematic. Um, it's problematic because it takes time to grow that level of thick skin, to become that strong, to become that robust. Yes, this might be something we aim for, uh, but actually this is not something you can get quickly. Uh, and uh, even when you think you've done this, um, it's surprising that actually something comes last field, it, it hits you where it hurts, and out of nowhere you discover that actually that really hurt, and now you're impacted. And if your only strategy for personal resilience is robustness and you've got nothing else to fall back on, uh, then uh, I would describe that as a fairly brittle strategy. So yeah, I'm strong, but actually it just takes one really major thing and uh, it could break me, uh, and I may not have uh, an alternative way of, of, of coping with this. So let's move from robustness then to recovery. Uh, and this is the idea um, that, that you can bounce back, uh, and you bounce back quickly um, and effectively from these negative things. So you're now accepting that, hey, some of these things are going to happen. Uh, this is just part of life, uh, and I'm not going to expect too much of myself. I'm not going to expect that I will be strong enough and robust enough to just let this stuff bounce off. Um, so let's just be realistic and accept this will knock me back, but uh, I've got strategies in place that mean that I don't worry too much about that because I know I will be able to bounce back and I'm going to bounce back fully, completely to where I was before. I'll have full confidence, um, full just back to who I was, um, and I'm going to do that quickly. Um, so. My question is, how can I ensure that I bounce back quickly and fully from changes um, or, or events that have impacted on me negatively so that I can cope better, survive, and, of course, continue doing what I do best? So, um, first of all, uh, looking at this in, in terms of um, grant, paper, uh, failures, uh, rejections, that kind of thing, uh, what I'm doing now is accepting that this is inevitably um, uh, going to knock my confidence. Uh, if this is my best work, then yeah, that 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 hurt. Especially when there is not a good reason. When actually you've been misunderstood, you have no right of reply, and that's it. Your 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 best work is on a junk heap. Uh, it makes me angry. It makes me upset. Um, let's just accept this. But instead, now of allowing those feelings of disappointment, anger, shame, whatever it is, to drag on. I take time out on purpose. I do something completely different. Um, I go and relax. I go and treat myself to something. I go and spend some time with friends. Um, as part of that time out, I remind myself on purpose of my strengths. I think back to my greatest successes, whether that's work successes, personal successes, uh, things that, that, that recharge my motivation in whatever way I can. And because I'm now in that much better frame of mind, I am still able to go back and look at that grant rejection letter, the reviewer feedback um, from the journal, and learn 
from my mistakes and keep applying for grants and keep submitting my work for publication. Uh, and I've, I've bounced back. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, and for me, it's about uh, being really conscious and aware of, you know what, I feel really rubbish at this point in time. And uh, rather than plowing on and just brushing this under the carpet, I'm taking time out, I'm recognising, being mindful of the fact that I feel rubbish about this. Um, and I'm doing something to make myself feel better again, so that I can learn from this so that I can bounce back. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that takes a bit of time. But actually, I bounce back so much more effectively, it's worth it. The second example I've got then is on, on workplace, workplace bullying. And, um, uh, and now I'm going to accept that, hey, I, I'm not that robust. Um, I get into the cut and thrust of academic debate. And as it happens, 50-50, uh, I come out reeling. Uh, and I, my confidence is shot. And, uh, and this is a problem for me. Um, uh, and maybe there is someone who is on purpose trying to bully me. And, uh, and now, instead of trying to be strong, I'm accepting that I will get intimidated. I will get hurt by bullies. Uh, it is highly likely that if I get into that situation and they do that, I will feel frightened, guilty, trapped, or manipulated. But again, rather than just plowing on, moving on to the next bit of work, trying to ignore it, brushing it under the carpet, I become self-aware. I realise, you know what, that I feel rubbish. Where is that coming from? Yeah, it's because that comment, that actually really penetrated. And yeah, maybe they didn't mean it, but, or actually, you know what, that person has now shifted this to a new level and this has now become personal. And I feel manipulated and I feel out of control. And yeah, I'm recognising this. And again, I'm taking time out. I'm reminding myself of my values, what's important to me, and my strengths, my successes. I'm drawing strength. Uh, I'm getting help from whoever I can to regain that strength as fully and as quickly as possible. And once I've regained that strength, yeah, I might regret what I did in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, yeah, I might feel like I was weak at that point. But I now, with all of that strength, stand up for myself and demand that apology uh, or take some other kind of action that will enable me to regain my self-respect, which can just be getting out of that situation, that relationship, that project, whatever it is. But I take action, I do something um, uh, after I have managed to bounce back that will prevent this from happening again. And that leads to the, the next one where I'm going to go a bit deeper into this, uh, the idea of reorganization or, or, or adaptation. Uh, and my question now is, what can, uh, what, can I change what I do or how I do things so that I can protect my core mission, the things that are most important to me, the, my, my psychological well-being, um, but also what, what I'm trying to achieve in, in, in my work? Um, uh, and, uh, and as a result of changing what I do, doing things differently, I'm still able to, to do the stuff and be the stuff, uh, be the things that, that are most important to me. Um, now, my own experience, uh, I've, I've had a lot of, um, uh, of grant rejections and, uh, and paper rejections in one particular area. And it's an area that is, of course, very close to my heart, knowledge exchange and, uh, and impact. Uh, and, uh, and the problem here is that when you research research impact, you discover that there is no discipline. Uh, you are right there in between uh, and relevant to all disciplines. 
Uh, and so it's remarkably hard to get uh, into a journal because all the journals, generally speaking, are disciplinary specific or at least thematically focused. Uh, and there is no journal of research impact. Uh, and in terms of the grant applications as well, it's the same situation. Uh, it's really hard because these reviewers are coming at it from their own disciplinary perspectives. And yeah, this doesn't fit. Uh, and so I, I got increasingly frustrated and um, uh, and eventually decided, you know what, there is no point in, in just battering on with this uh, and constantly getting pushed back. Uh, what I do is I adapt. Uh, I, I reorganize, I reframe I, what I do, I reinvent myself. Um, uh, and so now uh, what I do is I, I've built my research questions on knowledge exchange and impact into uh, a bunch of other grants and papers which all have an environmental theme. So if you go onto my, uh, onto my own personal website and you'll see all of the evidence that I've got on, on impact, they will all have very specific um, application contexts, generally with an environmental theme, they're fairly diverse. Um, and that's what then gets me the funding because I've got a very clear disciplinary specific question or thematically focused question that meets the, the, the needs of a directed call for proposals. Um, and sneaked in there uh, are these research questions that I've been dying to ask on knowledge exchange and impact. Um, so can you reinvent yourself to be more fundable? Uh, but crucially, whilst retaining that core identity, uh, so this is not about having to change who you are as a researcher. It's about saying, let's be clever about how I might reframe what I do and style this slightly differently so I get the funding, so I get into the top journals or whatever it is that I need to do for, for my, my own kind of career development. And I just sneak these questions in uh, in a slightly different form um, uh, so, so I'm still doing the work that I really fundamentally want to do. Uh, and I've, I've met a lot of people who've done this in various shapes or guises. The key thing is about doing this in a way that is true to yourself and not just uh, changing what you do for the sake of it. Um, uh, now, um, <clears throat> in terms of work workplace bullying, uh, I, I, I accept I've got a thin skin. Um, this this is a problem, um, and uh, so so I'm, I, I can't become robust enough. Um, I, I've looked at how I can bounce back, and I'm trying. Uh, I'm getting better at this, but the reality is that uh, that this is uh, th the last time it happened to me. Yeah, it went on for months. Um, it had a really big impact, and I wasn't able to to bounce back quickly. Um, so yeah, I'm working on being stronger. I'm working on bouncing back quicker and more effectively, but I'm not there yet. So 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 can I try and adapt my working environment? to ensure that I am still resilient, given that I know I am vulnerable in this area. Um, now, the problem is I don't always have the, the level of foresight I need to see bullies coming. Uh, so uh, uh, adapting in advance to a specific situation is actually remarkably diff difficult. Um, and so typically what, what, what happens to me is this is a kind of a joint thing where, okay, it happened. Uh, and I'm taking that time out and I'm building myself back up. I'm bouncing back. But now that I've bounced back and I'm in that strong position, uh, rather than confronting the bully, rather than extracting that apology or taking that, that really quite scary action that might escalate things, um, uh, I'm now coming up with uh, uh, an adaptation strategy. I'm reorganizing what I do, how I do it. 
um, so that I make sure it can't happen again. So, for example, I may work on a different part of the project. I know certain people who've been asked to move to different floors of their building uh, or to different buildings, uh, uh, for example. Uh, uh, and, and, and my message is that that is not necessarily weak. This is not a, a bad strategy. Actually, it's a very effective strategy because ultimately it is maintaining your personal resilience. Uh, and, uh, and you can work on those other strategies um, and get practice and become stronger, become um, better at bouncing back. But you know what? If you don't have to expose yourself to the stuff, if there is a simple way that you can reorganize what you do so you're not constantly being exposed to this person or the situation, then why not? Uh, why not do that? Reorganize, adapt, um, and problem solved. Now, the, the fourth and final element of this is reorientation or transformation. Uh, and I'm asking now, how can I look completely differently at uh, these problems? or disrupt the ways of doing things that, that are the norm uh, or that I've done before so that I can think about doing something completely new uh, in a completely different way that will actually be something that will give me something I value even more. So I think the thing that is problematic for me about adapting to this kind of stuff is that you kind of feel like, you know what, I've been, I compromised, you know, I'm now doing research on all these other things which I'm less inspired by. Um, and yeah, I'm in a new building, I'm in a different part of the project, I didn't want to, and actually I feel an element of resentment um, about the fact that I had to be the one who reorganised, who adapted uh, in response to that situation. Uh, uh, and so, um, so yeah, this is about about completely reframing this, and it's about doing this in a way that actually gets you something that you are even more happy with, and you're you're trying to get some good out of this. So it's hard, but bear with me. Um, uh, so I'm now going through a phase where I'm ready to transform what I do in the research funding space. Um, so for me, uh, this has been an ongoing battle that I've had uh, in terms of doing research on research impact and getting pushed back the whole time. And I have felt that um, I, I've had to compromise to, to an extent. Um, uh, and, and the reality is that I'm less and less interested in the, in the narrow questions that I can ask in these more challenge-led proposals. And um, I'm more interested in how I might be able to use fast track impact, for example, to stimulate new research, um, to now work with new people to equip them and enable them to do research in this space, or in fact, maybe even to fund research. My, my long term goal, this is very long term, um, until we've got money to do this, is to actually fund research for, 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 for fast track impact, to be a funder of research on research impact uh, to, to solve this problem. Um, um, but, but also now I'm, I'm working at the level where I'm trying to influence funders. Um, I, I had a, a, a fairly crazy conversation with one of my funders recently where they, they told me that um, they would not sign off on my collaboration agreement uh, because they wanted evidence that uh, the, the two charities and company um, that were on the management board for the project had not had any influence whatsoever on the design of the research proposal. And I had to tell them, I am not going to tell you that because it is not true. I follow good practice. 
this. I went to the business world and to the charity world and I said, what are the problems? They told me what the problems were. We then co-produced this proposal and they have joint ownership over this and they will be enabling us to achieve impact that we would never be able to achieve if this wasn't co-produced with them. Uh, and so, yeah, they influenced how this was propo this proposal was written. Uh, and no, if they get results that they don't like, uh, they cannot and they will not have any power to prevent us from publishing that and they are fully aware of that. Um, but, but no, they co-produce this and you will have to either withdraw the funding or sign this collaboration agreement. And by the way, uh, I am training people on how to do good practice impact. And, uh, and you might get a few more people coming to you saying that, yeah, we actually did talk to a few stakeholders while we were developing our proposal. Um, and they influenced what we were going to do to help us make sure it was entirely relevant. And this is going to be a bigger problem for you. And yeah, it went right to the top of the, of the funder and, and I got that collaboration agreement in the end. Uh, but whether it's that, whether it's shaping funding calls, um, Actually, this is for me now a, a very new space, which is just trying to go completely out of, of that current constraining box of how do you get research funding for projects um, in this space to think very differently and actually drawing on all the experience and the, the hard times to do that um, uh, really effectively. Uh, finally, then um, on on workplace bullying, how can you kind of go through this 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 transformative process? How, how can you get some good from from this? And um, this is a hard question. And and you know what? There may not be an answer to this because actually some of this is just rubbish. It, it, it hurts. It has an impact. You're scarred, um, and, and there is no good that comes from from these things. And and let's let's be real about that. Um, but uh, but for me, I've uh, personally been been thinking about this because this is something that I've suffered through in um, in every uh, every position that, that I've been in. In fact, um, as a PhD student, as a lecturer, as a senior lecturer, as a reader, as as a professor, um, uh, this is not something that that only happens to early career researchers. It's not something that um, only happens if you are female or an ethnic minority or, or whatever else it is. Um, uh, you'd think, well, me as a white male professor in a Russell Group institution um, that I might be immune to this, but uh, sadly, sadly no. Um, uh, and so, so for me, this is about a, a thought experiment that enables me to undergo a transformation from someone who has been a victim of bullying uh, all my life, all my career, uh, as a child as well, uh, and who has attempted to resist, who's attempted to bounce back, attempted to adapt to bullying, um, but never quite gotten there, um, and and being quite negatively impacted. But that that identity as as a victim, to someone who instead values my identity as a survivor of bullying, and who as a result of that survival is able to help others as a result. Uh, and although this is an uncomfortable topic to talk about uh, in a public forum um, uh, here on a podcast, I'm doing this and I'm using this as the example because I genuinely want to help others. I want you to know that you're not alone, um, uh, that this is rife throughout the academy, uh, that some of the things that, that you have experienced that have made you feel frightened, belittled, trapped, manipulated, um, uh, intimidated, uh, that if that's how it feels to you, then, then that is bullying and that is something that you need to do something about and that, that you shouldn't just accept and that you shouldn't just allow to, to, to fester and to develop and to disempower you. You can do something about this. Um, 
uh, <clears throat> and I think that that yeah, if I hadn't had the experiences I had growing up, um, I probably wouldn't have had the problems I've had uh, with bullying in the workplace. But I can see now that the fire that I have in my belly to right wrongs, to fight injustice, whether that's through my research or in my teams locally in my university. Uh, and uh, and the, the passion that I have for achieving impact at scales other people wouldn't even dream of is actually a direct response to what happened to me as a child and what has happened to me through my career and that desire to to do something to make up for that, to make the world a better place, to right wrongs, to be someone who can empower those of us who have experienced this rather than add to that problem. And so rather than seeing my pain as suffering, I see it as something I can transform into beauty and to good. It's, it's been a fairly deep one this, uh, this, this week, um, uh, but uh, I thought it was worth taking that, that next level down. Um, we, we've thought about how you can use these concepts from the idea of resilience to make your research more impactful um, and to become more transformative and disruptive with the impact of your research. But let's not forget, we, we, we are, we are into integrated as people and, and actually the process of doing research in teams, in universities, with other people, uh, it, can be, it can be challenging. Um, and I think that we, we can use this same framework to think on this other deeper level underneath our research impact and everything that we do to become more personally resilient as well. Mm -hmm.